Civilized Barking is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals, sometimes with prices up to 60% off. GameTime is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. You find your tickets, you pick them out, and you're done. There's an easy two-tap checkout system. There's basketball, there's football, there's concerts, there's everything you want right on GameTime. So download the GameTime app in the Google Play or on the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Hey everybody, Civilized Barking. We are about an hour after the conclusion of the Browns' 41-24 win over the Dolphins. Um, You know, interesting game, interesting scenario. The Browns supposed to win. They did. That's what matters. Uh, Zach Jackson, Pat McManaman, and Jason Lloyd here, uh, as I mentioned previously in the press box. So the Browns have won three straight. They're five and six. And um, they've positioned themselves to play meaningful December football We know what next week is. We know who next week is. Uh, But as we recap here, Jason, I I think it's just safe to say uh, they handled their business today. You know, when you think about where they were three weeks ago, uh, obviously we didn't see a lot of this drama coming, but all they could do is win all three home games to set up an interesting December. And to their credit, they did that. Yeah, they did that. And, you know, all week I, I wondered how focused they would be on Miami just with everything else going around. And, you know, I say all the time, distraction is one of the two words I hate the most in sports behind only narrative. (laughs) I think distractions are overblown and overrated. And we tend to throw that word around too much, but I really did wonder this week. I mean, on Friday guys were still talking about miles Garrett and there was no talk of the dolphins. So I did wonder, and obviously a 28, nothing first half sort of answered that. And, you know, and talking to a couple of guys in the locker room, I said, yeah, but it's the dolphins. And one of the one of the offensive players I was talking to got kind of annoyed, and he's like, "Okay, so when the Ravens play the Dolphins, they score fifty, and everyone thinks, oh my God, the Ravens are wonderful. We play the Dolphins, we handle them, and everyone goes, yeah, but it's the Dolphins, it's, and, and that's a fair point. Uh, but I just be, I, the first half of the season, I think, is still still ingrained in everyone's heads that we don't really know what the Browns really are. Uh, but having said that. Over the course of the last month, Baker, to me, has played better. He's not an MVP candidate, but his numbers have been better. I wonder how much Kareem Hunt, the influence he's had on that. But they've done what they were supposed to do. And as you said last week, next week now becomes an elimination game for the Browns and Steelers. Right. Pat, as a longtime observer of bad football, boy, do the Dolphins stink. <laughs> I think we can safely say that we now know what it was like for opposing fans to watch the Browns during yeah. the 0-16 season. Yeah. But I would say, and this is my Ignatius education, I'm proudly <laughs> pointing out to you, 2-6 to 5-6 and six would be three in a row. Yep. And by any measure, that's, a, that's good. You never disparage a win. You take it. They had 41 points. Baker had 300 yard, 327, right? Uh, you had a 100-yard receiver. You had a 100-yard rusher. That's, that's a good day. No, that's a good day. Um, three in a row, three in a row. Forty-one points is forty-one points. One punt. That's that's how you deal with the Dolphins and the Browns handled their business. Jason, it's it's just what you're saying. You kind you watch this offense, 
And and first of all, today was another example of when Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry are good, this offense is good. And then we know they also have Odell Beckham, who we saw come alive today. We know what Kareem Hunt has done. It just still seems like something's missing. It still seems like drive to drive, to drive you're not sure. And so you want to say, well, I don't know. It's week 12. It's freaking Thanksgiving. They should be better. But then you look and say, well, if they don't turn it over, and now that they can keep the running backs fresh, clearly – you know, stick into the run a little better. Like, the pieces are there to really, I think, I think what I'm trying to say is it just seems like there's another gear out there that we haven't seen, and there's enough evidence to make us fairly wonder if we're going to see it get there. Yeah, and, you know, I, in talking to some of the offensive players after the game, I think they felt like they left points on the field, and that isn't necessarily just trying to run up the score on a horribly bad football team. I think you're right. I think that there is another gear. I think there is another level this offense can get to. But at the same time, and this is just stream of consciousness, I haven't really thought this all the way through, when when you are a two-running back team, as the Browns are becoming, and this wide-open spread attack of NFL offenses, this is sort of going against the grain, is it not? I mean, yeah. for all the dynamic playmakers they have on the outside, when we talk Odell and you talk Jarvis Landry, this is a team that, to me, is going to go as far as Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt take them. And that goes against the grain a little bit of what the NFL is today. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. However, um, the weather's only going to get worse, right? Yeah. And you're going to have to grind these out. And for all the yards and points today and for all the – when we go back and can look at other games and say, well, they only got to 19, they only got to 21. Next week, Pat, it's just about getting to 16 mm-hmm. or 17 or hell, maybe even 13. It's just about getting one more. And that is going to be an old-fashioned brawl. And what they need to do is run it right at them, throw short passes – protect Baker and just try to win a game of field position and, and really a game like I, I, I fully believe that 13 or 16 points will win. And I think what we got to watch is the Steelers learning from the Thursday night game when they lost to the Browns. I don't think their defense played up to the capability that they feel they can. And I think they, they'll look and they'll notice that they kept letting Baker leak out to the right and because they weren't getting interior pressure from Hayward and their other tackle. So that'll be an adjustment Pittsburgh will make. The Browns will have to adjust to that. It's 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 going to be a huge challenge, and yeah, I think sixteen is optimistic. Yeah, Jason, back to your point about Kareem. Um, you know, I was really watching that today because after digging out that stat, where over the first two games they were averaging seven yards per play. I mean, that's something that jumps off the page. Absolutely, seven yards per play is a high school number. It's not an NFL thing. Um, so I was really watching them today, and I felt like in the first half that mostly they were lining him up in the slot and they were getting some action going where they can eventually hand it to him. Or we, I think we did one time see the shovel pass where Chubb was a lead blocker. Um, you're not going to show the Steelers or anyone else a lot, but I also think it is fair to wonder, as with the whole offense, like what's next? What's out of that? Yes. You want your best players on the field. You're going to need them uh, on the field. You need those guys to make plays. So I wonder if maybe it doesn't settle more into – um, kind of a two-to-one situation where where you just keep Nick Chubb fresh for the fourth quarter and let Kareem play as the single back, get your tight ends in there, and just run it right at people. See, that's interesting. I was kind of going the other way with it. Uh, you know, I was Friday on the radio. I, I said, is it fair to say that Kareem Hunt has taken snaps away from Hollywood Higgins? And, you know, you're going to take Kareem over Hollywood every time. And where Hollywood was that safety blanket last year, you know, a couple guys this week and, and after the game felt like, even if he's not getting the ball, just having Kareem out there as that check down option is comforting to Baker to know that he's there. And I just wonder if that's something – and we saw a few more screens today 
uh, particularly to Nick. They started the game with that. But I just wonder if that's going to allow Baker to get a little bit more comfortable. It was interesting to me talking to someone in the locker room this week where I said, what's different about Baker the last few weeks? And the point was, instead of trying to always make the big play, he's taking better care of the football. It's become, it's, it's, I have to take better care of the football. Not we have to go make a big play and it's a minor alteration in, in the thinking, but I just think Kareem Hunt's presence out there on the field maybe provides that type of comfort level for Baker. It makes a lot of sense, Pat. The formula's there. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> say, I think the way they're using Kareem Hunt has been great. I mean, we, yeah. for all the criticism we've had of Freddie Kitchens and the play calling, since Kareem Hunt's been back, that's been great. And it, the biggest thing is it hasn't affected Nick Chubb's touches. Right. He had 21 today, which is right where he ought to be. That's 320 for a season, which is a huge yeah. amount this day and age. So I, I think the way they're using them is great. You can't, you got to change it up a little bit week to week. And they, I think they realize that. But look, you, we're talking about Hunt and Chubb and who gets the touches. But today you had your two receivers also at big games. So yeah. that's the way the offense should have looked from the get-go that we envisioned. I think if you want to grade today, and, I, and, and you have to grade the Browns hard because we, we have not seen this offense build upon things. We haven't, um, you know, thanks to Joe Schobert now for two weeks, we've seen complimentary football. But over the course of the year, we haven't. But, you know, I think you have to, to grade them hard because um, at the core of it today, you'd say, okay, Jarvis had his big game. Both receivers scored. Chubb got his 100 without getting an absurd amount of touches. Like, let's move on. Let's good. Let's let's see where this thing goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I thought Jarvis would have a big game today. And, and the Dolphins, let's be honest, they were helpless at corner uh, against those two guys. It's not going to be the case the rest of the way, but, the, um, you know, we'll see. I think you guys have nailed it in, in that uh, it, I do want to talk about one negative play, Jason. You know, what the hell are they doing up 17 in the fourth quarter? Getting cute. They're near the goal line throwing. He lays Harris out. Yep. The ball gets picked. It comes back because of the targeting. But – the play shouldn't be called. The throw shouldn't be made. You don't need it. The right. game is over. And it's just like it's said, it's one of those things that sticks with you. Like, okay, it's good that the Dolphins got back in it. The offense got some work. They ended up making this thing a blowout. They led 41-17 to 17 in the final minute of the game. But it, there's always, every day we leave this stadium, there's one, what the hell are we doing here? And <laughs> I'll throw the reverse in there as well. That I mean, if they if – they, Pull that off, and they and they make the look like Landry had Beckham maybe for a touchdown. Uh, then we probably don't bring it up, but it didn't go that way. And that's another one of those. You have this game in hand. Why are you doing this right now? And and no game's ever going to be perfect. I don't think we're asking for perfection, but I keep saying every week there's something that makes you stand up and go, "Oh my God, what is that? That's not supposed to happen right now." And that's what we're talking about here again. And I would say that's a pretty scary hit that Demetrius Harris took. I mean, that, that was really scary. And that's something you try to avoid from one, from one of your contributing players. I mean, any player. But it, that, that was just kind of frightening to watch. Yeah, no no doubt it was. Um, your parents don't pack your lunches anymore, but you still need to eat. And I have a good way to do it with DoorDash. Have your favorite restaurants brought right to you, brown paper bag not included. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in just about any city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food is delivered to you wherever you are. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. 
Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BARKING. That's $5 off your first order. Download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the code BARKING. That's promo code BARKING for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. You know, the defense today, uh, without the defensive line, I think the most important thing is that the kids had to play because you're going to need these guys. Um, Sheldon Richardson, who your only listed starter on the defensive front, had another great game. I think going all the way back to New England, he has played his best football. He's been worth every penny to this team. Joe Schobert, who's trying to get that Sheldon Richardson type of money, had another huge game. Uh, and really, you're up 28 nothing. So, of course, they're going to score, right? Like, it, it, the Browns got a little lax, but I, I can't really chalk them up for that. I think you just chalk it to the whole thing of it's good you were expecting to win. It's good that you didn't let this team hang around. You already had a multiple score cushion before they made their push. Um, you know, Harris got up and jogged off the field. You hope he's okay. I, I don't recall another injury situation dur- during the game, right? I, I think. No. You know, Larry Ogunjobi comes off suspension. Um, should be fresh and healthy and ready. And let's go to Pittsburgh and <laughs> see what happens. See what happens. In a very healthy, happy environment, yeah. right? I was, I was talking to one of the Browns defensive players after the game. And I said, did you see Rudolph got pulled? And he went, yep. <laughs> and uh, I said that, you know, at least obviously we didn't see the game, but from the numbers, it looked like Devlin played pretty well. And he would expect him to be the starter. And I said, would that take away any of the smoke from the game next week? He goes, nope. Yeah. And I said something about, the, again, that I thought Devlin, at least from the numbers, looked like he played well. He's like, yeah, look who they played. They played the Bengals. They played the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. So the Browns are ready. I think they're all ready even as they were cleaning out lockers today and getting dressed. And I think the mindset was already changing back to, to next week. And I asked a couple of them, are you expecting a lot of cheap shots or dirty plays next week? And I was surprised the answer was no across the board that they, they felt like the Steelers. Now they said they're going to hit Baker. Like they're going to come after him. They're going to hit him, but they didn't feel like they weren't anticipating anything dirty or anything extracurricular, uh, which kind of surprised me because I thought maybe they, they would expect that. But a lot of them, everyone I talked to said no. Well, first I'd say it's a long way from now till next Sunday. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't surprise me because these guys need to be professional about it. And the fact is, the team that loses this game their season, they're, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Right. And that's not mathematically true, but just take it from me. The game's on December 1st. The loser's out. Right. The Steelers come in with six wins. The Browns come in with five wins. And so it's really about handling your business, keeping your emotions in check. And then we know, Pat – if and when, and more like when you do get the chance to lay the big blow, you do it, but keep it between the lines. Both teams are also going to know that the refs are going to be watching everything really close. They may have three officiating crews on the field <laughs> yes. all ready to throw, throw flags at this one. While we're talking about defensive players and what they had to say, let's bring up Sheldon Richardson, who's becoming the sage of the locker room. Yes. So the wise, the wise in the man who's kind of t- leading everybody. He was – Pointed out to him, Mason Rudolph was pulled from today's game in Cincinnati, and he kind of gave a generic answer. And then he said, well, I, I hope he plays next week. And uh, I asked him why in front of a huge group, asked why. And he had this in, look on his face of amazement and looked over and said, did you see him last game? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with that one as the tone setter for Sunday heading into next Sunday in Pittsburgh. Let's, we'll use that one. That's amazing. It really is. He said what everybody thought on Twitter last week. That the Steelers would have been uh, would have been helped if Rudolph would have been suspended. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot else to go on from this Miami game, right? You, you're satisfied that the Browns handled their business. You like to see Odell in the end zone. Um, you know, Freddie said he would have liked Celebrations? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I roll my eyes. I'm too old for that crap. But, uh, you know, Freddie said he would have liked to see a little better execution in the second half. I'm, I go to the one where the Browns missed the field goal. They have a three and out. But instead, on third down, there's a helmet-to-helmet flag. Yep. And they get a touchdown out of it. And that's just kind of the story of the season. And they had too many alignment penalties today where they can't get lined up yeah. right. We're in week 12. How are you still having alignment penalties in week 12? Yeah, you know, I really noticed that too, Jason, because early in the game I was tracking the, the running back usage. And so I was watching guys come in and out and still too many times where they're just not sure of the personnel grouping yeah. by a certain time. And that is week three, four, five stuff. That's not supposed to be week 12 stuff. So so that's a concern. Um you know, other than the overall atmosphere, let, let's wrap it up by doing this. And we're going to have all sorts of Brown Steelers coverage for you all week long on The Athletic. Let's let's go around the room here one at a time. Other than the overall atmosphere, what what most excites you? What are you most anxious to see uh, when we get into Heinz Field next Sunday? Because we'll be watching the field from two hours early, that's for sure. And then, uh, you know, where it goes from there. I am most excited to see how the Browns respond to a big division game. And I know that they just had a big divisional game Thursday night. I get it. And they played well. Uh, the Steelers were really banged up, really banged up. You know, I would assume they'll have more bodies back by next Sunday. And with the season on the line, how they how they respond on the road in a hostile environment. I would say I am most excited to see how they do offensively with these two receivers against a really good defense. They're going to have to they're obviously going to run the ball, but this these receivers have what have driven the excitement about this team, have driven every talk, all the talk about this team, uh, that them pairing, teaming up with Baker Mayfield is going to be a new challenge. I don't know the Steelers have the personnel to score more than 19 points on the Browns, so can this offense get to 20? Yeah, to me it's the adjustments. You know, the Browns kicked their asses the first time and, and really put it away. Their offense, specifically when they created the rush, they just couldn't do anything. So – we know the Steelers aren't going to sit back there, whether it's Rudolph or Hodges, and just let their guy get beat up, right? Um, we know they let B- Baker out of the pocket a couple of times last time, and you know maybe one play where a strip sack versus a first down the other way. That those are the kind of things that change a game. So, really interested to see the X's and O's part, and then just kind of feel the emotion. Uh, Heinz Field is an awesome place. Fans are super charged up all the time, and it's been a long time since they've been really excited about the Browns being there, right? You and I have covered playoff games over there against the Ravens, and I do think it'll be that kind of atmosphere. So uh, Can I can I amend my answer? I'm excited to see the fights in the stands. <laughs> I'm excited to see anyone that shows up wearing a Miles Garrett jersey and, and ask if their life insurance policy is paid up. Will the Browns owner wear a hat with the Miles, with Miles Garrett number on it again? Yeah. Guys, I don't think it was coincidence that the NFL said, we know we had this thing for 425 since back in April, but we're going to go ahead and move it to 1 o'clock. I don't think that was coincidence. On a TV level, I don't think they wanted the bad blood you know, out there, and I just think for fan safety, for logistical reasons, I don't think they wanted to give everybody all day to get looped up. There's no open container rules over there in Pittsburgh. I've heard, so it's just. <laughs> I root for I root I root for chaos every week, but I don't root for violence and, and people being physically harmed. We'll but do, I do root for chaos. We'll do what we did last year, Jason, which is park offsite and not leave our cars there in the middle of the mix. with Ohio plates on yes, it. Yeah, we Ohio parked plates. about three four miles from the stadium last year. It'd be a hard fought 
could be a, a physical, hard-fought, competitive game, and we could walk out of there saying it was plain old fun to watch a game like that that meant so much. Absolutely. Or it could be a prison fight. <laughs> yeah. I doubt it. But no, there's meeting, I think. You know, Baker was done answering questions today, and somebody asked him, what, what do you expect next week? And he said, playoff atmosphere. And so, yeah, you know, you go back. And we got a little of that last December. Um, the Browns were chasing. They're chasing again. But by winning three straight, they earned the right for us to say, okay, let's take them seriously. They earned the right for this game, which is a playoff game um, as the winning team. will dance on. And then you add in all the extra stuff and uh, buckle up. <laughs> yeah, Strap up. We had first Tom Reed there today. Getting the, the flavor of the Steelers locker room. You can look for that on The Athletic. Tom said he wanted hazard pay for walking into that <laughs> locker room this week when everything came out. So, got a lot of stuff coming on The Athletic about this. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Kaboli and I were talking both on the last podcast. That's that's my cohort over in um, Pittsburgh and off. Like last time, because the Thursday night game, there was very little in the way of pregame BS. You know, it's a short week. Right. Everybody's just trying to gather themselves you know, the Browns obviously were not playing well at the time. They had beat Buffalo, but it was a really ugly win. You know, people in Pittsburgh are not dumb. They know good football. They know this team is not good enough, but they want to make a run. So um, this week we get the full week. We get the full hype train rolling. We will yeah. make up for the, for the yes. shortened week and then some. Yes, absolutely. All right, for Jason Lloyd, for Pat McManaman, and I'm Zach Jackson. Thank you guys for listening. Come back and read all week as we count you down to Sunday, 1 o'clock, Heinz Field. Browns versus Steelers in a game that means something. Talk to you soon.